Neve. Yes, Melanie. Has it started? Has what started? The madness. The Christmas madness. Well, I didn't want to use that word, but that's the C word. That horrible, crazy state of mind that we all get into. Yeah, it has. Now, obviously, because I'm not located in the city, mm-hmm. I don't have the same uh, Russian flow of it that you have. But I actually, strangely, this year, I'm quite excited about Christmas. Um, and I loved the fact that as soon as Halloween was over, the shops all became Christmas wonderland. It was literally like yeah. some sort of mad. I've never actually known it to happen so quickly. As like it the did pumpkins. This year. Pumpkins yeah. came down and the baubles went up quite literally. Very and the music. Yeah, the elves were busy that night. Well, do you know something that we don't know? Well, I also love Christmas because obviously it represents the end of the year. And I think there is just something quite comforting about slowing down coming into the end of the year and using it as a time not just to reflect, but a time to look back and clap ourselves on the back. It's it's too it's become too common that you hear people talk about, you know, oh, there's a there's a month left. You can achieve a lot in a month. And what are you going to do in the in next year, in the new year? Do you have your resolutions ready, your goals, etc.? Like that this time between now and the end of the year is the perfect time just to slow down and use it wisely in terms of start thinking about all the things that you achieved in the last year. Now, I did this exercise myself. I think it was not even last week, the week before, where I took out the diary and I went through it from January and went, okay, I did that in January. I did that the first week in February. All the things that I had achieved that I had kind of forgotten that, you know, that these were things I wanted to do. And so it's just a great exercise in being able to say before you dive into all the things you have to do next year, look back at all the things you did do. So this podcast basically is going to be turning the end of 2019 on its head and instead of getting busier, maybe making a little bit of space, making a little bit of space, letting go of what needs to let go of and just creating space and room. Brilliant. So I'm Melanie Morris and I'm Neve Venice, and this is The Changing Room. Brilliant. So Neve, let's get stuck in because I do think people believe that once you get to, you know, the end of November, that you are on the roller coaster and it is going to be parties. It's going to be finishing up at work. It's going to be getting that last project in. It's going to be sorting out next year's budgets. It's going to be sorting out your family. It's going to be getting into town. It all gets yeah. so overwhelming. Um, I don't even want to talk about that today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, and it is overwhelming. And I think, you know, there isn't any other word that will describe it as much. But it just becomes all so frenetic and frantic. And we all feel under such pressure. You know, whether it's the pressure to buy presents, whether it's the pressure to meet up with people that, let's be honest, you probably don't see from one end of the year to the other, but you feel there's all this, we have to meet before Christmas, we must meet before mm. Christmas. Not even contemplating or adding into the mix the stress that comes with family Christmases and where will you spend Christmas Day and you know all the different tensions that come with that so there's so much it's a melting pot Mm. so how are we going to look on things differently this year well what we're going to do is we're going to just take a little step back we're going to start thinking before we dive into Christmas before we even go beyond Christmas we're going to look on it as being almost like a three 
pronged approach. It's a process that has three parts in, in, in my eyes. The first is the releasing and the letting go. And that's what I think this time leading into Christmas should be about. The time of reflection, acknowledging all the things you've achieved, but equally acknowledging the things that you didn't get done or the people that you that didn't serve you, the, you know, letting go of things that you feel, if you're to be really honest with yourself, were holding you back. So that's part of reflection. It's not all about looking back and seeing all the happy, you know, uh, clappy things. It's about realizing that actually there were some things that didn't work out well. And maybe just asking the question, why didn't they work out? Not dwelling on it, mm. not beating yourself up, but just so that you can identify what needs to let go so that you you can start to create space, which is what this is about. The, this first part of the process, the releasing, the creating space, the letting go, it is to make room, make room for new ideas, new possibilities and all that goes with that. So you're kind of doing a bit of an old Marie Kondo, you know, the, the yeah. tidy woman. Yes. You're doing Marie yes. Kondo about your you are, head and your life. Yeah, you're decluttering. Exactly. Because look, it, it, it makes sense for every other area or every other aspect of our lives. We can't bring in new things until we make space by getting rid of the old. Mm. So it is, if you want to think of it like the, the decluttering of the house or the drawers or whatever, it you can't keep shoving uh, lots of different things. <laughs> You're nodding as in, yes, I can. But, you know, you can't keep shoving things into a limited space. Oh, no, I'm actually thinking about my sports sock drawer. <laughs> <laughs> sports socks are really bulky. There's an image now we can't get out <laughs> of our heads. But you do have have to yeah. call time on some old favourites yeah. every so often. And the question, I'd love some advice from you on this one, um, Neve, because, you know, there are Christmas traditions and December traditions and we all love tradition and it's great. But you know what? We grow out of an awful lot of traditions. True. So how any tips on when you hear from Mary <laughs> from 2008, who still wants to organise that get together. And yeah. really, Mary hasn't been in your life since 2012. And maybe that's a tradition you is not high on your priority list yeah. Yeah. or a gathering yeah. or a meeting or a carol service or whatever it might be. Or the you, office Christmas party yeah, that you, you just don't want to go to. Yeah. yeah. How, how do you get out of it? The, there's a word, the B word, Melanie, oh. boundaries. Oh, we've done we have talked just... about them before. So mm. go back and listen to that episode. But also, honestly, it is a time when you really should be activating your, your boundaries, because if ever there's a time of year when you need to say no, when you want to say mm. no, this is it. But it's, it, of course, like with in every other situation, it's about good communication, saying it the right way, not not offending anyone, not insulting anyone. Um, I think, you know, I, I had a discussion with somebody recently about a Christmas party that they they won't be able to attend. And I was saying to them, just don't leave it to the last minute you know say when you're asked come back to them pretty quickly after that and say look I've looked at, at, at my schedule and unfortunately I'm not free that night don't go into the big explanation of where you're going to be, what you're doing. You know, you don't need to, to explain that. That's so true because we're all busy almost showing the text messages. Oh, I can't do this because yeah. my mom is already blah, blah, blah. Yeah, no. Yeah, I'm I'm so guilty of that or I used to be so guilty of that. But I, it's perfectly legitimate and it is perfectly acceptable to say, unfortunately, I'm just not 
available that evening. But thanks. Have a great evening. And certainly in the new year, we must uh, revisit or take a look at it again. Mm, mm. So boundaries at this time of the year are so important. They're also really important when it comes to families and knowing, you know, how how long do you need to spend or should you spend with your family over Christmas? Mm. And how, you know, if there's tension within the family, as in most Irish families, there is of some sort, then, you know, you need to honour that. You need to honour yourself in that. You need to be respectful of elderly parents and their needs, you know, in the equation. So boundaries are a big, big issue at this time of the year. Respect your boundaries, but honour them as well. And can you tell us if you're going to do a little bit of an old Marie Kondo, you know, obviously first first point is release and let go. How could you do a little audit on what's serving you and what's not serving you? Well, quite simply, you take out the journal and you you write down what are the, you know, the top 10 or the top five or whatever number f- you feels right for mm. you of things that went well for you in 2019. Mm-hmm. And then also, as you're writing them, I can guarantee you every time you think of something that went well, something else will pop into your mind that maybe didn't go so well. Mm. So when you're finished the first list, start the second list and just write down what didn't go well um, you know were there arguments were there fallouts was there a friend that maybe ghosted you was there you know did you have a breakup? Did you lose money during the year? Did you take a risk that didn't pay off? You know, there's lots, any of life's events, yeah. if they've happened in the last year, just write write them down and then be honest with yourself and go through that list and say, you know, what part did I play in that happening? Mm. And then what can I do to make sure that doesn't happen again. What's my learning from it? Which is is always a great question to be able to ask about any situation. What have I learned from this? Or what is it teaching me? Mm. And sometimes when we go back over things that didn't work out for us, we'll see that there are people attached to the reasons. And it may not always be the other person. It could actually be you, that something doesn't suit you. And you were the protagonist. You were to blame. So actually maybe you need to stand aside here. Yeah, and again, I suppose what we're also doing, and this is a good reflection on the fact that we're reflecting over the year we're hitting on a lot of topics we've already covered mm. in 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 the previous podcast but this whole thing about standing standing in our own way or getting in our own way yeah. that sometimes when you look back and you see things that maybe didn't work out how you wanted them to you're inclined maybe initially to blame somebody else that's yeah. the reason that didn't work out she fired me from the job or he broke up with me or she didn't want to be my friend anymore but the learning that's not the learning Learning. The learning is something else under that. It's the layer under that. And it requires real honesty, real honesty on your part to accept and admit what that is. Well, I always say it's, it's an explanation, not an excuse. Exactly. So you can't use the fact that A or B or C happened to you as yeah. the excuse. Maybe it's the rationale or maybe it's why. Absolutely. But yeah. it's not the reason you can't no, be using it. No, yeah. but equally, I'm not... You know, I'm I'm never a fan of people digging deep back into their past. Mm. It's your past for a reason. But I think sometimes it's ne- it's always 
good for us if we can look back and see what what we brought to those situations. So it's kind of identifying our shadows or maybe the things about us that we don't necessarily want other people to see or that we don't accept our parts of us. So it might require and this is where the honesty is important. It might require us saying, do you know what? I actually could have handled that situation a bit better. I could have maybe not tried to be as controlling as I can be or as stubborn as I know I have a tendency to be or, you know, it, it just can sometimes require us to say, well, actually, this is the part I played in that. And I'm saying that as in you, it's important to identify what you could have done better, but not to go back through it and replay it and rehash it and relive it. There's nothing to be gained Mm. from that. But just being aware of your own shadows, of your own limitations and maybe of your own failings, because isn't that a great way to step into a new year or a new decade when you've brought awareness and bringing awareness to your own flaws or your own failings can be very empowering because it can help you realise, actually, I don't need to be perfect. I already know I'm not perfect, but I don't need everyone else to think I'm perfect. And I'm going to stop beating myself up about, you know, whatever happened. And I accept I played a part in it. But I accept it's in the past. I think it's also a way of being really efficient. And if we're talking and, and, you know, this is maybe quite a binary approach to something. But in terms of letting go and creating space, if you can identify where your weakness might be or where your shade or whatever shadow might be, at least you can explain it. Yeah. And you can just file it away yeah. and move on and that instantly creates space it does as opposed to playing the who what when where why how over exactly. in your head over you're and over so again right. yeah you're so right and that that describes it perfectly because it that you call it your explanation and and I would describe it as bringing awareness to something it, they're the same thing it's just to say you know I did play a part in this mm. but Leave it at that. Don't keep, uh, you know, saying, how can I change that? How can I make sure I don't ever do it again? Or or I really need to get to the bottom of it and understand where was I coming from? You don't need Mm. to go that deep. Just use it as the explanation that explains that and then draw a line under it move on and by moving on you're creating space okay so I'm basically I'm 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 the visualizer here so I'm thinking of the old chest of drawers and I've managed to literally go through everything whether it's methodically or chaotically or sporadically or whatever but as the year draws to an end the idea is to try and get rid of all the old stuff that doesn't serve us any any better to try and realize where we could have done things a bit differently creates lots of new space yeah So now that I've got a lovely tidy chest of drawers, what's point two? Well, point two is that, you know, once you've let go, once you've created space and made room, then the next thing that you need to do is to start looking at where it is you're going to go. So before you start filling that space, you need to have a good overview, a good sense of who it is you want to be moving into next year. I suppose a great question for, for anyone listening to this is, who do you want to be in 2020? Mm. And you can interpret that whatever way, at, at whatever depth you want to. Like, do you want to be, you know, propel yourself forward this time next year? Who do you want to be? What do you want to have achieved? What do you want to have 
accomplished? What do you want to have done? How do you want to feel? Who do you want to be? Who do you want to be in that picture Mm. with you? Mm. So it's to start creating a vision. And you're talking about being a visual person. Mm. Well, then the creating of a vision is perfect for Mm. you because Mm. it's it's seeing yourself in 12 months time or even if it's just six months or three months time, just saying this is who I want to be. This is where I'm on the way to become this person. I want to be more self-sufficient. I want to be free. I want to be stronger. I want to be calmer. I want to be less controlling. I want to be, you know, I want to feel more empowered, be more visible, be more courageous. Like it's if you can attach a feeling to what it is you want to be and Mm. who you want to be, then that can become your the buzzword that will bring you into 2020. Mm. Um, And, you know, there's there's actually is a school of of science, a school of thought called core desired feelings. And they it's all about this. It's about identifying a feeling that you want from the next year. So they encourage you to try and think of three words that would sum up what you want from the next year. Oh, that's doable. Only three. Yeah, three is a great place to start because it could be something like abundance and and the words that have to resonate with you, they have to be words that you would use, you would think about quite a lot. So for some people, abundance actually doesn't really resonate with them, but it could be, you know, um, belonging. That was one of my words for this year was to belong. I want wanted this a sense of belonging, whether that's belonging within a community, in my home, in my family, you know, that sense of belonging and um, freedom is a very common word that a lot of people would use because it means a lot to some mm. people. It could be safety. It could be courage. You know, so there's lots of different. It depends entirely on the person. But you start with those three words and then you're able to create an image, a visual image around those three words and what they represent to you. Right. So belonging for me, home, home life. Um, it could be the physical home. It could be the fire in the home. It could be the place where I feel most calm, where I feel most myself, where I can be creative where Mm. I can be you know all the things that matter to me happen when I'm at home where I belong Mm, mm, and mm. it's being with my dog and it's she belongs to me and I belong to her and so like the word belonging has such a deep resonance for me that it's something that I feel is very much at the core of me yeah and and yet I can think of all the visual images that come with belonging or with even with the word home it just it brings up it, it evokes some kind of beautiful visual images. So it doesn't need to be a massively proactive word. Oh, no. You know, it doesn't need to be a resolution. It can just be a feel like and it especially should be a feeling. It should be a feeling, but a feeling that means something to you. Yeah. An aspirational feeling, probably or preferably something that you want to become. You want to feel. If somebody were describing Neve. Yeah. This year, you would love them to say, do you know what? She is completely chilled out yeah. at home yeah. with her she's family. Calm, and her, yeah. She's a real sense of belonging about her. Yeah. Um, you know, she's very uh, independent. She's very, you know, like nature really motivates or inspires mm. her. So it can be any of those words that are linked to a feeling. So you describe yourself yeah. as you would love others to describe you. Yeah. That, yeah. that spark a feeling. That spark a feeling. Right. Um, but it's it's that's one step towards creating a vision. There mm. are lots of different ways that you can come at, you know, so that's the visual approach to, mm-hmm. to creating a vision. You can journal 
by creating your vision in words. Mm -hmm. But you can also like in creating a vision, it's to really understand what it is that lights you up, what it is that that when you think about, when you speak about, when you um, when you feel it, Mm. that it really energizes you. So something that, you know, like I hear this a lot from people when I'm talking about my work, that my face lights up and it does because and I can feel that it lights up because I love what I do. No, I can see it here. (laughs) And yeah, and you know, my hands start flying all over the place and I get very expressive. But it is something that lights me up from within. It's not something that comes from my head. It comes from inside me. And that's like trying to get to that vision has been the easiest thing because it's it's a straight road as far as I'm concerned. I know where I want to be so that you can have your vision for your career. You can have your vision for your relationships, your friendships, your position within your family, your self-care, how you look after yourself, your health, which is a big one. You know, you can have a vision for how you want to be, feel, look, what you want to eat, all those different things all feed in to creating a vision that you then will spend the next 12 months moving towards. Okie doke. So that's step two. Then step three Mm -hmm. might seem counterintuitive because this is the mistake most people make. They start with step three, which are the goals and the objectives. Are you saying resolutions? No. Okay. I didn't say resolutions. <laughs> I said goals and objectives. <laughs> I didn't use the R word. I'm not. Um, and when we when we know our vision, so we've cleared out. Yeah, we've created a vision and now we have space. We've lots of room and space and we have a sense of where it is we're going and who we want to be. Then we come up with the step by step plan which includes our goals or objectives. So in six months time, I want to feel more energetic. I want to be able to do 5k run um, or in your case, stop. in two months time, I'm going to be doing a half marathon in Disneyland. Um, truth, listener, truth, that yes. is the truth. <laughs> she is going to be doing that. But, you know, it, it's having those goals is that's what focuses our mind. A vision mm. is brilliant at making us feel better. But day to day, does the vision drive us? No, we need our goals. We need our, our, our breakdown of our plan of how we're going to get to that vision. Isn't it, what's the great line that, um, you know, plans without action is just entertainment or something yeah, like yeah, that. You yeah. know, you can sit there all you like and say, I'm going to climb a mountain. But unless you buy the hiking boots and get going, it ain't going to happen. Absolutely. And, yeah. you know, it, it's we all need that kind of structure. I mean, I know certainly, uh, you know, I'm very lists orientated. And so goals and objectives work for me because I need that physical thing of ticking it off. I've mm. reached that goal. I've met that objective. But it, it's just something that keeps me on track uh, because, you know, during the year, one thing that you can absolutely guarantee is that you're going to fall off the wagon. You're going to get sidetracked. You're going to get distracted. Life will cut jump in the way but if you have your goals and objectives you're more likely then to be able to get back on track and all in keeping with your vision because yeah. the vision is what's going to be driving you emotionally and from from how you want to feel and who you want to be okay joke yeah right why do people fail because they over promise themselves and under deliver and um, when 
the vision should be as big as you want it to be. But the goals need to be realistic. They need to have timelines attached. They need to be achievable. So there's no point in sitting down and saying, I'm going to lose five stone by the 8th of January. Mm. And then I'm going to, you know, and I know that sounds a bit facetious, but Mm. your goals, they really need to be very achievable. Because if you reach a goal, during the year, you're more likely to move on to the next goal and the next goal. So that's the other thing is if you if you set yourself a kind of a mini goal. Yeah, it means you can set yourself the next part of the goal and the next part. But if you set yourself a massive goal and you fail. Yeah. Well, snakes and ladders, you're down the ladder and you're back to the beginning again. So you're better off chipping away, aren't you? Yeah. So like your health is always a great um, it's, it's always a great example to talk about. And you could say right throughout the year, I'm going to have two or three. I'm going to do a fun run. you know, one Saturday morning in March. So I'm going to start working towards walking and then running and doing the 5K, you know, fun run. And I aim to have that completed by the 30th of March. Mm, So mm. that's achievable. It's not overly ambitious, but yet it's enough to get you up off the couch and get you out there. And then you could say by June, I'm going to do the mini marathon and I I might run some of that, but I'll walk some of it. And, you know, we can all do the 10K mini marathon. So it's about having those small little milestones that aren't seen as drudgery. That's fantastic. Like, you know, the day I remember when I did the first mini, my first mini marathon, there's a great sense of achievement, yeah. even if you've walked it or crawled it there. You know, it is part being part of a community and it's a, but the personal achievement or the personal um, feeling of, yeah, I actually did that is so worth it. So it's have those little milestones laid out and make it realistic. Is, is it a Buddhist uh, saying or something? How do you eat an elephant in bites? Yeah, one bite at a time. Yeah, and I think that yeah, is so yeah, true yeah, because yeah. I think, I mean, I'm going to take me and my mini mar- or my half, half, half marathon, marathon as an example. Yeah. And like that's not achievable in one go. Like literally that's going to have to be a series of small victories. And for me, that's the new learning for me because I'm inclined to try and eat the elephant in one sitting. And sometimes I'm lucky enough that I can get away with it. And sometimes I absolutely dismally fail. Sure. But I'm taking you as an example. You did the 10K, the Galway 10K only a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. So if you were to say I'm setting as my goal to do the mini marathon in June, I'd be looking at you saying you've already done that. Yeah. So that's not you're not setting out a proper goal. You're just you're setting out something that you know you could achieve. The next step for you was to do the half marathon. So mm. you're you're pushing yourself. You are going to push yourself on this one. But isn't that better than just keep doing the same thing over oh, and totally. over again? Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm sure isn't that why we do it? Yep. Um, talk to me about vision boards, because I believe they're quite helpful with these kind of things. Yes, yeah, they can be. If Again, if you're a visual person, if you're the kind of person that that gets stimulated by looking at pictures or whatever. Vision boards are just, you know, they're very simple in terms of how to do them. Big blank piece of paper in front of you, get a few magazines and cut out and, and p- paste photographs of things that actually have that same deep resonance that I was talking earlier about with with Mm. a vision or a feeling. So it could be, you know, a a designer handbag or it could be a, a dog or it could be a new home or it could be the countryside or somewhere to go on holidays or it could be a picture of money. So it's any of those 
um, things that you've identified as being something that you want to create in your life between now and the end of next And year. is there anywhere you should place them on the board or do you just... Oh no, you okay, just Because I know randomly. some people get quite forensic about yeah, what goes where. Yeah, far. and look at us, the girl who likes to control most things, I don't mind that. I just think just as long as you have the pictures and that the minute you look at that, it conjures up that feeling. So if I look at my vision board at home and like, you know, I'll see the dog and I'll see the, mm. it, it's the, you want it so that it reflects your vision. It can't be just like, uh, sometimes when people create vision boards, they tend to create vision boards that other people would design. Yes. So there'll be lots of designer clothes and lots of beautiful cars and lots of big, you know, uh, splashy mm. uh, holidays, whatever. It's no, it's what is it that you want? So what that vision board should reflect who you want to be. So it, it needs to be aspirational. It needs to be challenging, but it also needs to be something that really reflects you. And I think that's really important. And can it, does it need to be quite realistic or can it be kind of flights of fancy? I tend to go more for the flights of fancy okay with with Aim you big. know with with the, with the foot somewhat in in reality but like you know it, it because you need something that's going to, you feel is going to pull you forward yeah. so it's not something that by march you've got all the things on your vision board it needs to be something uh, like a vision board the life term of a vision board shouldn't be just 12 months. Yeah. It could be something that you will try and get moving and start getting momentum on in the first 12 months. But it can be something that will live beyond that. Well, as somebody who's worked in magazines for longer than I've actually worked in magazines in the sense that I've always had a passion for them and I've always had an interest for them. And long before I knew about vision boards, I can remember maybe as a teenager going through magazines and literally just pulling out pictures and cutting out pictures of things I liked. So maybe it was a pop star or maybe it was a handbag or maybe it was the way a face was made up or whatever. Or maybe it was some words on a page that I just liked the formation of the words and I cut them out. Now, it was you not were the a, pioneer no, of the vision is, board. Is that OK, too? It That's, doesn't need to be stuck on a board. It can literally just be things that you, things you feel drawn towards. Absolutely. And like the chances are if you had some. Do you remember scrapbooks yeah. when you were younger? Yeah. And that very often that's what a scrap. The, the scrapbook was the original vision board. It's it's exactly the same. What you're doing is you're you're putting your hands on an image that is resonating within you. You're saying, I like that and I like because when I look at it, it makes me feel something. Do you know what we should bring back? We should bring back the scrapbook that you cut out and you stick stuff into. But instead of calling it the scrapbook, it should be called the happy place. Wouldn't that be good? There's an idea. So I'm going to my happy place for Christmas. (laughs) On my own. (laughs) On my own. (laughs) With my boundaries firmly in place. (laughs) With my print stick. (laughs) I actually think I might do that. You could. Yeah. Isn't that the name of uh, Fern Cotton's? Podcast, yes, it the is. Happy place. It yeah, is yeah. that too. Mm. Um, do you know? I heard a great thing just when we're talking about decluttering. Yes, uh, today yeah. I was re- on those rare occasions. I was looking through Instagram, right? <laughs> Very rare. And a business had put up a post, and I thought it was absolutely br- brilliant. Yeah. And I want to see what you think of it, right? Go on. And it Shoot. is. So this is with regard to decluttering yeah. and getting, you know, getting rid of what doesn't serve you well. Yeah. Don't let anyone rent space in your head unless they are a good tenant. Oh, love it. Love it. And you know why I love that even more than the fact that I just love it? As we were talking there, I was reminded of the fact that the one thing I hadn't mentioned when it came to decluttering was that 
that sometimes we need to let people go, that we ourselves need to realise that sometimes people that might have played a big part in our lives, maybe no longer bring out the best in us, don't make us feel as good about ourselves as they used to. And sometimes we have to make the tough decision to release and let go. And that ties in beautifully with that quote. Yeah. That's a brilliant quote. It is a good one, yeah. isn't it? It's a really good quote. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so, you know, finally, I suppose, wrapping this um, particular yeah. podcast up, Neve. I know that we're not going to jump on, on top of ourselves and add more work to ourselves no. and more work to our list and more chaos and everything else. Yeah. But there's nothing wrong with starting a new little girl goal ahead of January the 1st, is there? No, there isn't. But but only start the goal when you have released, let go, made room, created space and when you have a good sense of your vision. Now, you could do all of that be doing all of that right yeah. now but you do need to have a sense of your vision before you can start setting that's good goals. advice so no step three until you've done step exactly. one and two because if you think of how many years have we all started the year yeah. going I have to my resolutions or my goals or my objectives and you think then that everything will fall out from them let's try it in reverse and I guarantee you you won't ever do it again that way the goals and your objectives or resolutions or whatever the hell you want to call them should be the last thing you do because then they'll be it'll be the most meaningful. Very good. Thank you. Now, just before we wrap, do you want to tell us a little bit about your 2020 workshop? Yeah, well, actually, ironically, um, it is the 2020 Vision Workshop where I'm going to spend the day working with a group of women trying to create their vision. So during that day, I'm going to help them identify what it is that they want from 2020, what is it, who they want to be. It's getting them to tap into and find their sense of purpose, what lights them up. I'm going to uh, absolutely have them release and let go as the beginning of that day. But then it's to really just get them to dig deep so that they have a good, strong sense of creating a vision for themselves um, that then will pave the oh, way brilliant. for So it's basically of, everything we've just been talking actually about. Actually, it is. It is. A right. lot of it is. Absolutely. So if you don't want to do it yourself, you can come along. Exactly. And do it On for the you. 11th of January um, here in Dublin and uh, neevenice.com and you'll get all the information there. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Neve. You're most welcome.